Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about being single. And, you know, it's really amazing that in this life how lonely we are. But one of the most absurd things that we could do, believe it or not, is complicate our life with joining ourselves in a relationship with someone else. That can be enormously complicated task. However, the loneliness that we all experience in walking through this life and the desire to share memories with others so that when we die, we at least know that someone else has enjoyed the, the parts of our life, that in itself is very significant. But being single does not have to be scary. Unfortunately, a lot of people are scared to be alone and they're scared to be by themselves in their old days, in their old years. And so oftentimes they will fight and compromise and find themselves in relationships that may or may not match up with them very well. You know, decades ago, all people in the small town of Oxford, Ohio, who were older than 50, were invited to participate in a long-term study of aging and retirement. And they were asked many questions when they first joined the study, and they were followed for decades by researchers who asked them many more questions and kept track of how they were doing. And one of the questions they were asked with the first uh, asked the first time around was, "Do you agree or disagree that as you get older?" you are less useful. And, and you know, what was amazing is that uh, people felt that they were more useful in their life, that they had more flexibility and could do more things in their life. And the people in the study who just didn't believe that as you get older, you become less useful, lived an average of 7.5 years longer than the people who did have negative views about aging. They also found that the boost to longevity, even after taking into account many other factors that could be relevant to longevity, such as race, socioeconomic economic status, gender, age, loneliness, and health, the implications of having positive benefits of aging were even stronger than the effects of having low blood pressure or low cholesterol. Um, and, and uh, or not smoking, which adds three or four years to your life, having a low body mass index, you know, that adds another year. So, so the finding has now been replicated in 10 countries. And, and other uh, social scientists interested in this work have now conducted scores of studies using different kinds of measures of positive and negative beliefs about aging. And with more different kinds of questions assessing beliefs about aging, different kinds of studies, and the evidence is overwhelming. Positive beliefs about aging can add years to your life and improve the quality of life, and negative beliefs of aging can do the opposite. So why are we talking about aging when I'm talking about being single? Well, being single means that you need to have an active life. That means that your brain needs to be curious and active. That means that we always are searching, and that likely, if you're going to be single, you're going to have a broad social circle. So many beliefs about older people 
are ageist, and then they're based on negative and misleading stereotypes, such as the belief that old people can't learn new things. They all experience dementia. They all experience cognitive decline. They're fragile. They no longer contribute to society, and they're ineffective in the workplace. In countries such as the United States, people swim in a sea of these stereotypes all through their lives, from the storybooks they read as children to TV shows to movies to advertisements. You know, the, the anti-aging is in this industry, they all see things for the rest of their lives. So children can internalize those stereotypes that when we get older, we become more fragile. So what is important is that we face our life in older in understanding that we have to have physiological pathways, whereas stress is well coped with. We have to have good long-term survival skills, meaning that we have the will to live. We also have to have psychological pathways, such as a life that's worth living, a life of meaning. And meaning can be very important to being single because meaning does not have to be the meaning of a family, the meaning of a person. What it could be is the meaning of our life. And sometimes our life can serve many more people than we are able to serve when we're in a relationship. And so a life of serving can actually add years onto our life because we now have purpose. You know, other people have negative beliefs about aging. Their health is just just getting worse and worse no matter what they do. Their life's less likely to engage in healthy behaviors and in a healthy lifestyle. So being active in our life, being meaningful in our life, and meaningful means that our life actually has a sense of emotion to it. All relationships are emotional. They're not logical. There's nothing logical about a relationship. We connect on emotion. We connect on empathy. We connect on compassion. If you're going to be single, you have to be very, very good at empathy and compassion. If you're going to be a grumpy old person, what's going to happen is you're going to shut yourself out from life. People yearn for comfort. People yearn for empathy. People yearn for compassion. That doesn't mean we agree with them, but at least we make an attempt to try to understand them. And when we're able to offer that in this world as a single person, we have armed ourselves with the ability to have a free and open life as an individual without clinging on to the need to be with one person. You know, singleism is practiced without apology or awareness. You know, ageism is the most widespread socially acceptable prejudice today. But the idea of being single in our old age can be very, very healthy because we are at a stage of life where we have wisdom. The problem is that many people do not manage their integrity. Integrity is what we do when nobody's looking. And old people that don't manage their integrity often end up in nursing homes and end up in the hospital with heart attacks and nobody's there to see them. Your integrity is your vital sign of magnetism and the ability to connect with other people because you are consistently the same person over and over and over and over and over. You know, singleist practices undermine sing single people's health and longevity. 
um, there, there's uh, less aggressive treatments to single patients based on their inaccurate, demeaning perceptions of pe single people that can undermine single patients' likelihood of surviving. So oftentimes doctors are viewing people who are single as more psychotic, as more unstable, and then they don't believe what they have to say as their symptoms and they believe them to be more drastic or less drastic than they may be expressing. When we have somebody that actually can testify to what we're going through, what happens is we have more authority with the doctors that are able to treat us. And so single can be an at-risk behavior. What we want to make sure is that our health is an open book to all people who love us if we're going to be single in order for doctors to have a better, do a better job treating us medically. You know, singleism can distort single people's understanding of their own lives. They become distorted sometimes because they're in the middle of their life. They're not objective and able to see who they are and what they're doing. So oftentimes they'll go down the practice of being narcissistic and selfish and not even realize that that's what they're doing. The other thing about being single is we do not have to have accountability on a daily basis, on a minute-by-minute -minute basis as we are in a relationship. Many people who are single often time don't understand that they also have to be accountable, accountable to themselves, accountable to their integrity, accountable to their relationships, or, or accountable to the love, people that love them. It is very important for them to not let that slip. The people that do let that slip often find themselves single without people around them. If you tell people enough times that they're unhappy, incomplete, possibly insane, definitely selfish, there is bound to come some gray morning when they wake up in the beginnings of a nasty cold uh, and wonder whether they're lonely or rather than they would simply be alone. If you're a single person and you're surrounding yourself with highly critical negative people who are negative about themselves, negative about the world, negative about you, as a single person, you are stealing your own gas. You are allowing yourself to be sucked into someone else's world that is going to feed you negativity and you're not going to have any place to gain positivity in your life. So as a single person, you have to be very, very careful not to surround yourself with people who are destructive in their psychology, who are per perfectionistic in their psychology, and who lack emotional intelligence. It is very important that if you are the smartest people person in a room, you move to a room where people are smarter than you. If you are the best equipped emotional person in a room, move to a room where people are better equipped emotionally. That's what we want to do as a single person. We don't want to sit and try to always be the expert, try to always be the one sought out. We want to be seeking too because people who seek wisdom have a better shot at living a long life. Despite the relentlessness of the singleism that single people are faced with throughout their life, some single people successfully resist it and feel happy and secure about their lives. And they go out into the world and go to restaurants by themselves, go on vacations by themselves, meet up with friends, fill their days with things that they enjoy. You know, it's more important for us to understand meaning if we are single and what everything means to us because we will value it more. And those memories and those legacies we leave behind may even be better as a single person because we're able to move and change among different people in our lives who are conductive to different situations like going on vacation, like working, like having a good time, like going to a sports event. We may have different people we do that with, but that in itself may be the way we rise to 
to our better parts of who we are. Living alone is a modern phenomenon. For most history, few people lived alone. In the U.S., even as recently as 1960, only 7 million people lived alone, and they were accounted for by just 13% of all households. By 2020, more than five times as many Americans were living alone, 36 6.2 million. And of course, the entire population was growing. But even as the proportion of all households, the rate of living alone had more than doubled 28%. Now, if you were to knock on any door at random in the US, you would be more likely to find a person living alone than a nuclear household of a mom, dad, and kids. And studies of dozens of countries all around the world show a similar trend. In the decades since 1960, the proportion of people living alone has been on the rise. And that's in part because of another global phenomenon, the rise of single people and the decline of marriage. And since COVID, we have seen that enormously. A lot of people are introverted that used to be extroverted, have adjusted and adapted their lives, have moved, have divorced. They have moved on into a single life because they feel safer. There is a lack of trust that is pervasive in our culture simply because we can't trust society itself. We can't even have an opinion without somebody countering our opinion and turning into hostility. And so it's it's amazing that we all have to understand that we live in a world where people People are more good than they are bad. People are more right than they are wrong. If you're a curious person, that's how you view the world. You don't go from a tribalistic label perspective where you're going to label everybody in your life because if you do that, you're going to run out of relationships. A study on living alone in 113 nations reported percentages of adults living alone in three different age groups, 25 to 29, 50 to 54, and 75 to 79. The oldest group included the greatest percentage of people living alone by far. The middle group, the fewest, the ones that were more likely to be single outside of the older people that were 75 to 79 was the 25 to 29-year-olds. But the truth is, if you really think about it, in this day and age, what we used to think was 18 is now 32. We're finding 30-some-year-old people, single people, living in their parents' home with their parents. And, and that in itself is showing that people are just floating. They are in what's called existential angst, which means that they don't have a direction in their life. They're not really clear as to what they're passionate, what their purpose is about. They're not really interjective enough to understand. Maybe they're doing drugs and alcohol or having too much time partying or like just afraid of, uh, of, of being a failure. And so they basically don't make a decision. The deal with life is if you're going to live life, you go. You go and you trust God and you hope that you hope that your life will keep going. You just have hope and faith and you keep going and you journey experientially through failures and you find yourself to become resilient because we have a will a will to get through hard things. We find emotions that have meaning to us to make us do hard things. Emotions are there to motivate us. So when you're a single person, you're only accountable to yourself. And so what's very, very, very important is you develop self-confidence and direction and you overcome failure because that teaches you to expand your life, to take on opportunities, take on relationships, take on a new job, take on a new direction and allow yourself to learn from that because being single gives you the dynamic and opportunity to reshape your life, reshape your values, reshape your beliefs, 
and do an enormous amount of good for other people. In the youngest group, men were more likely to live alone than women in nearly 113 nations. For one reason, this is among the people who marry for the first time. Men are typically older than women, and they stay single longer. In the oldest group, the pattern flips, and the vast majority of countries, far more women uh, than men are living alone. And one of the reasons for this is that women typically outlive men. And and the patterns of the middle group, which is the 54 to uh, 50 to 54 year olds, um, that's the least state forward. Men are more likely to live alone, but the differences in living alone between men and women are smaller. In some nations, nations more people, more women live alone, and, and and so maybe because fewer people live alone in midlife. Maybe also because scholars have typically been far more interested in marriage and nuclear families than in single people. So, you know, we know a lot less about the patterns of living alone in midlife. But I will tell you, we are very quickly moving towards what's called a 70 percent divorce rate in the United States. And that is a very sad thing because the value of relationships and marriage has been devalued since COVID. And the statistics aren't out there. The research is not completed to really tell us how devastating COVID did uh, to our world and to our society, to our children and to all of us in marriage. You know, living alone in midlife in the United States uh, is defined as about 30 to 59, singles defined as unmarried and not cohabitating. And that definition includes fewer people than if single were de defined simply as unmarried. Uh, the the, the uh, report also didn't discuss people living apart together, people who are married and committed in a romantic relationship who actually live apart. Um, also, we are not we're not discussing the dynamic of people that are homosexual, trans, transgender, uh, or any other type of gender. You know, there are there's a lot of statistics of people that are together out there in those relationships. However, if you look at the homosexual community, oftentimes you're going to find more breakups in the females in the lesbian community than you are in the males. The males tend to accumulate more income, have more stability, have longer relationships. Doesn't mean they're going to last their lifetime. But the bottom line is that is a statistic that's true and it's been tested and it's tried and true that, that women oftentimes hop from relationship to relationship uh, over the years and men tend to stay. And I don't know why, because you would think it'd be the opposite, but it's not. But I, I have a particular idea that it's likelihood that men have more in common with men. And there's a financial aspect to it. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about loving as a single person. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. 
Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about being single. And, you know, in this day and age, with the rise of people becoming single and people getting married at a much older age, like in their 30s, you really need to do financial background checks on people. You need to do health history. You need to understand what diseases they have. You might want to understand what their genetics are because if they have all kinds of weird genes, that could affect your ability to have a family and how your children will turn out. We're in a day and age where we can do that, and so we need to do that. We need to check genetics. We need to check history of a person's life. How have they conducted themselves? Have they had integrity in their life? Do they stick to things? Are they... Are they loyal? Are they a decent person? Are they able to cherish another person? You know, some people are incapable. Some people do not have emotional intelligence. They don't have the quotient of emotions to be able to offer a relationship to be satisfying. They just are there. They just phone it in. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of connection with a lot of people, especially if they live in the the autistic spectrum. And what you're going to find is there's a really hard time to connect with those kind of people emotionally. The other ingredient that we have to think about when we get in a relationship and the reason we have to be so worried from a trust perspective is family because a person's connection to their family may distort everything about that person compared to what you get on a date. And so we all have to understand there's trust issues. So in a relationship, if you're going to be in one, you really have to understand you've got to trust yourself first. Trust yourself first. And the second thing is, if you're going to trust somebody else, don't do it right away. Have faith in them that they're the same person that you think they are. But don't get to trust yet. Wait until you see all the factors, the financials, the health, the history, the family, how they communicate, how they, how compassionate are they? If they're compassionate, that's great. What love language do they have? What love language do you have? What love language do you need them to feed you? And are they good at feeding you that love language? These are factors that we all have to take into account because when you leap into a relationship, you are leaping into something that is all about emotion. And when we are all about emotion with an emotionless person or a person who's traumatized and not not able to give emotionally, we are probably better off being alone. 
And, and so this, the stigma of being single is not all our fault. Although views are evolving, being single is still stigmatized. But the, the stereotypical thing is to understand that the world is complicated and our people in this life are highly complicated due to social media, due to the fact that we all are tribal in our thinking. You're this, I'm that, they're this, they're, oh, you're one of those, you're one of this. We're all so willing to black and white everything in this life that we forget about into intellect. We fear about, forget about curiosity. We forget about the idea of, of meeting people's good things that they have to offer and using those things in our life to help us and using our good to help them. You know, it, it's, it's sad, but that tribalistic thing is creating stereotypes left and right, you know, and, and, and then there's the pressure that we all have as a single person. You're stigmatized. Well, when are you going to get married? When are you going to settle down? You know, when are you going to make me a grandchild? You know, the cultural assumptions that a monogamous long-term relationship is the path that everyone should follow. And the judgments of one's family and peers to the easier prospect of having children if partnered, often with the assumption that everyone ought to want to have children. You know, but the truth is 50% of the parents out there are breeding stock. And what that means is they're not equipped to be a parent. They don't have the emotional quotient to be a parent. They don't have empathy. They don't have enough compassion. 50% breeding stock. Then you have 50% that are parents. But those parents are on a spectrum too. To what degree of a good parent are they? And so it's amazing that when we look at that perspective, we all have to understand there's a complication involved in this. And so when you're finding a partner – you also have to understand realistically, logically what you're walking into rather than impulsively and emotionally. We need to understand the facts as well as have the emotional connections. You know, if we're going to have children, if you're going to bring kids in the world, the only reason they're here in or from a relationship is how you felt about each other. How you feel about each other is why your children exist on this planet. And the bottom line is we all have to understand that we have to cultivate their emotions and help them through their emotions. So if you're going to enter into something where you're going to breed, you better also engage emotionally. And yet those who, who choose to be single might not be a bad thing because maybe they just don't have it. Maybe they don't have the ability to trust. Maybe they don't have the ability to forgive. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is going, what's your intention? Did you decide to do this to hurt me or did you decide to do this because of whatever. What is the reason? How did you decide to make these choices? If we're in a relationship, we owe that to our partner. Some people are incapable of forgiveness, and that is another factor that's involved in a relationship. People who choose to be single are often more satisfied and, and make peace with the idea that they choose to be single because they don't work well in a relationship. And that's just the way it is, and it's okay. It's okay to be single. It doesn't mean your personality is one that that uh, you 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 can't be in a relationship. Sometimes it just maybe in that moment, in that time, you're not ready, or maybe you're too ready. Maybe you're too desperate to be objective enough to be in a relationship. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of of of, of causes of singlehood. You know, some people uh, uh, are constrained. Some people uh, have volunteered to be single. Some people choose to be single. Some people are involuntarily single because maybe they got a divorce or maybe somebody passed, whatever happens. But, but they're single. And so the bottom line is if your attachment style 
is involved in this, if you are a person who is uh, codependently attached, you're always going to be looking for a relationship, you know, and so we have to understand what is our attachment styles. Insecure attachment is associated with greater odds of being single because that means that they wobble. That means that they have trouble getting to trust. Anxious attached people oftentimes find themselves only giving parts of themselves to a relationship. However, a relationship it requires us to trust each other. It requires us to be all in. And some single people are not willing to be all in. They've been hurt before. They've been violated before. They've been traumatized before. Whatever the case may be, some people cannot be all in, but we owe it to our partners to be that way. And if you come from a Christian perspective, the relationship you have with your partner is reflective of how we love God. And so you can always tell where you stand with God by where you stand in a relationship with each other. You know, along related lines, secure attachment is associated with a greater chance of being partnered. And if partnered, uh, of enjoying satisfying relationship where there is integrity. Loyal people tend to, be, tend to be more secure. Loyal people tend to go through more difficult situations resiliently. They tend to be a better person to partner with. But being in unsatisfying, a pattern of unsatisfying relationships, it's not surprising that people uh, feel like they should not be in a relationship simply because they haven't matched up with somebody. Well, it's always good to have faith that somebody in this world will match up with you. The other thing is there's a lot of people in midlife who do not want to have children or have decided not to have children or never had the opportunity to be with somebody who they'd be willing to have children with. And so they find themselves to be single in their life or married without children. And we do not need to discriminate and stereotype these people. We need to understand that life is more complicated. Life is more difficult. People are more immature up to much older ages than they ever were before. And so there's also uh, uh, an attachment style called deactivation and hyperactivation. The, the attachment system in an innate neurobiological system which drives the need for belonging and closeness in human beings uh, are those with avoidant attachment are generally seen as having suppressed attachment and not wanting that intimacy, not wanting that closeness in their life. And we have to understand there's people out there that are like that. And to break that ice and to take on that challenge can be overwhelming uh, for somebody to do that. Yet some people want to be in a relationship to save people. And I cannot tell you how many times in counseling I've seen this where somebody is actually unhealthy and then they get with somebody that's even unhealthier than them simply because they don't want to have to focus on their own unhealthiness and they can point how unhealthy their partner is. And it's sad, but a lot of people will do that and do great damage to each other, which creates the sense of I'd rather be single. You know, we have to understand that responding to intimacy is something which requires uh, a deactivation of attachment is not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Some people just go through the honeymoon phase and then they drop the relationship because they don't want it to get any closer. They'd rather live in the romantic vision that this is the way things should be. But then that those people often in time, uh, in time lose their integrity, lose their ability to sustain a relationship, find themselves extremely lonely and usually responsible for a lot of pregnancies. And so, you know, sadly, this is also a problem in our life. So being single requires 
confidence. It requires a direction. It requires a sense of self. It requires a sense of meaning in our life as being single. If you're going to be single, be purposeful. Be purposeful single. That means that I'm going to serve others. I may not serve one person, but I am going to serve other people with my own expertise, with my own gifts, my own values in my own way. And that in itself is called determinism. And determinism means that we determine our direction. And that is we are where we are when we are. You know, what's beautiful about being single is you have a much better opportunity to be in the moment with somebody fully connected than other people who have families and problems and responsibilities beyond them. Those people have a tendency to be worried about the past and the future. And so we really have to understand that being single gives us a distinct opportunity to be fully present at all times with whoever and whatever we are with at any time. You know, some people are anxious and activated. For people seeking intimacy and long-term relationship, an anxious, preoccupied style presents a whole lot of controversy and challenges. Due to hyperactivation, this creates the enticement for people that are called borderline personalities. Borderline personalities tend to wobble. They will side with you and then they'll argue with you. They'll side with you and they'll argue with you. They have a tendency to enjoy sex and then blame you for this, that, or the other. They have a tendency to be very jealous and always always uh, uh, paranoid and looking for things that you might or might not have done. And so they cause a lot of conflict of usually, just like a narcissist, they, they will gaslight you and make you feel like you're the crazy person, even though you know the borderline is the crazy person. Well, borderlines are anxiously attached. So we have to be very careful with those kind of personalities because they stir up negative relationships with people we love, with people we've had our whole life, with people we care about. They do a lot of messy things to people. And so in relationships, attachment style is associated with heightened anxieties, worried thoughts, mistrust, preoccupations. If you're always having to prove yourself, even though you're doing nothing wrong, then you've got a problem with that person. And you've got to understand, do I want to live a life of misery justifying who I am at every minute, at every time, no matter what my intentions are, to some other person? That's not a life to live. And so we have to be very careful when we decide to align our life with someone else, especially just out of the idea of having sex and thinking that's going to be it because our life is far more complicated than that. The other thing is people that are anxiously attached fear rejection, increased tendency to become more jealous due to their expectations of being abandoned, challenges in communicating, dealing with conflict effectively. They have all kinds of control issues. They put all kinds of perfectionistic expectations on you, but none on themselves. And so what we have to do is understand that if we attract those kind of people, maybe we're better off single until we form who am I without being defined by someone else. You know, a devoided person with one foot out the door, that is no way to be in a relationship. Marriage itself is will or won't. There's no try. Every time people have a try in a relationship, which is, which is 90% of all committed relationships, is a try with a back door. 
that means they're always debating an alternative life. People that will be married, people that will be in a relationship are committed and they will take their problems and solve them. They work together. They don't pull against each other. They don't try to hurt each other. They don't have ill intentions for their partner. And so what happens is when people do a will, they stay secure. People have more integrity. People are more attractive. People bring other people into their life and they develop a life full of memories and usually prosperity because they hang on to their integrity. That's a will or won't. That's how life's best lived. I will live. I will get through this. I will deal with this. Not I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. Try is so worthless. And we have to understand that it all it does is put us into a bad place. Another bad word from Albert Ellis, uh, a famous psychologist said, you know, if you're going to say should, you should be doing this, you should be doing that, I should be doing this, you're shooting all over yourself. Or I must do this or I must do that. That's called masturbating. You know, it's amazing that a people live a life like that. But, you know, if you're single and secure and you're satisfied, long-term singlehood may not reflect difficulties in relationships, but may instead be a secure potential choice whereby by attachment needs are met in relationships other than a romantic pair bond. You know, relational needs are met in non-romantic relationships. And sometimes those are even more freeing and more fulfilling because they don't have the obligatory sexual thing. And, you know, it's amazing, but the, a lot of people that have the expectation of sex all the way through their life, the truth is most people would wish that one or the other would stop wanting it so they could get on with their life. Because at some point, as we get older, we don't need to be doing that as much. And so the problem is uh, that, that we have to understand that the reason we have this instinct to breed, the testosterone, is so we procreate our species. It was never intended until the sexual revolution that we spent our whole lives growing. It just doesn't happen. But, you know, sadly, we have to have medication to maintain that point of view. And yet people do that. You know, as with other needs, sexual behaviors are satisfying and consistent sometimes with a secure attachment style, but they're always best without an expectation. And they're always best with people who touch each other, who care about each other, who kiss each other, who hug, who remind each other verbally and non-verbally that they love each other. If you want to spear your, your, your sexual needs through your marriage, you have to maintain an intimate, touching, not a, not a partner, not a, not a best friend, but a lover. And that means you have intimacy just in your touch, just in the sense of being together. Very important to get into that two-foot body body space of energy where we know if somebody's invading our space. You know, as with other needs, there's various reasons, personal and professional, spiritual and religious, uh, out of preference of solitude, that people stay single. Uh, securely single people choose to do so with their eyes wide open and not out of an insecure attachment, not out of the fear of rejection. They believe uh, that they need to be single. Some people experience enormous uh, trauma as a child, and they know that that trauma will affect their ability to have a good, solid relationship and make someone else's life richer because of their life. And so we have to understand that some people choosing to be single is not a bad thing, and it doesn't mean that they have to have guilt and shame for doing that. They need to have the freedom to conduct their life without the pressure of being with someone else. There's other considerations to think about, too. It's important to recognize why a person's single, whether being single is a choice or arises uh, from unconscious factors, 
But the bottom line is we have to assume that somebody's single because they want to be single. And challenging people that are single with their being is really kind of a, a terrible thing to do because it makes them feel out of place and an outsider. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk more about being single. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're we're talking about being single. And I got to tell you, you know, marriage in itself could be the loneliest place in the world simply because when you're married to a turd, somebody who's just innately miserable all the time, you are putting a lot of energy in and not getting a lot out. And if you're stuck in a marriage from the obligation of marriage, from the obligation of having children, homes, finances, all that kind of stuff, medical there's a lot of complication involved in that. And, you know, that's why we find people having affairs because they get lonely. Not all the time is that, but that's oftentimes the issue is that they're miserable, they're miserable married, and they're lonely. And, and, and people that are single can be lonely and can be frustrated, but they have to not, they don't have, they have the freedom to not worry about a partner. They have the freeing and an even empowering idea of doing whatever they want whenever they want. Even if you're struggling with feelings of isolation or longing for a partner, at least some romantic prospects, there are things that you can do to help feel better about being single. You know, maybe you find people in your life who are sexual, but who are noncommittal. And sometimes that is a good way to go. It's some people do that and they do that quite well. And it's fine. Just be safe. You know, finding ways to overcome loneliness can feel better about your single status. is isn't just important for your state of mind, but it's, all, it's also important for your health. Feelings of loneliness, including romantic loneliness, can have a serious impact on your health and well-being if you're going to focus on that and focus on the 
stress involved in that. And the idea of down the road, I'm going to catastrophize the idea that I'll never be with somebody. You know, you can't expect people to throw themselves on the hood of your car. If you're going to be single and want to be with other people, you're going to have to put yourself out there in a pool of social uh, uh, standing where people can actually see you for who you are and possibly even want to date you. You know, you've got to put yourself out there. You can't just hibernate and fear failure. Failure is an opportunity to learn. You know, feeling isolated, unsupported, lonely is a link to decreased immunity, worse sleep, lower cardiovascular health, increased mental health problems. So your perspective on your relationship status can play an important role in how you feel about being single. And there's studies out there that found that people who view themselves as being voluntarily single are less likely to report feelings of romantic loneliness. People who felt that being unpartnered was involuntary, however, were more likely to feel emotionally lonely and wobble and have psychotic tendencies. So how you feel about being single could be influenced by a whole bunch of things. Stereotypes portraying single people as sad, lonely, insecure, less satisfied. Social pressure to find a partner and start a family perceptions of single status as a source of individualism and independence other factors can also influence your perceptions of why you're single including sex and age you know younger men are more likely to say they're single because they want to be free to date and not settle down younger women are more likely to say they're single in order to avoid being hurt or because they don't feel they're desirable partners younger adults both men and women are more likely to say that they were single because they lack the flirting skills or the skills to understand when somebody's interested in them sexually older adults by contrast are more likely to report being single in order to have the freedom to do things they want. Consider finding ways to reframe your perspective to something that's healthy. Rather than focusing on the downsides, focus on the aspects you do enjoy of the freedom that it brings. And actually let people see you in your best moments. Because in those moments, we oftentimes meet people that have things in common with us. And maybe you'll meet what's called your soulmate, somebody that has a lot in common with you. You know, you got to work on your goals. If you're feeling frustrated by your status as a single person, find other goals to work for. Instead of building a relationship, can you do more meaningful things in your life that are important to you? Maybe writing a book, maybe studying a topic that you can help other people, maybe volunteering, maybe doing something with your spirituality. Whatever it is, we can empower ourselves and build a life and we can actually step into different scenarios where there's other people and actually actually do good service to those people and to their lives. You know, you can focus on your professional life, your hobbies, your family, your health, other things that you'd like to accomplish. You know, taking a class, enrolling in a program to advance your degree or your knowledge, that could be great. Keeping a journal to help track things you'd like to improve since you don't have many people to talk to, do a journal so you at least know what's rattling around in your brain. You know, learn a new language or take up a new hobby because you might meet somebody that you really want to meet who has more in common with you in a different culture. You never know. It can be anything. The goal is to stretch yourself and work on learning new things. But if we go out there and try to expect to meet someone because we are single, we're going to find that we're not going to meet the people we want in our life. We need to go out there and meet people with who we are, what we are and what we want, and then see if we have the energy and the, the inclination to match up with other people. And chemistry doesn't always go both ways. 
And so, it, you know, but goals are important. Meaning is important. You know, if, if you know yourself a bit more, you may be better to see what you want in your life or in your partner. But the deal is make choices. Choices build character. The more choices you make, the more people understand how to love you. If you're an indecisive person, which some people are, many people are, they lack character because they're not able to make choices. When you make choices, I know what to get you for your birthday. I know what to get you for Thanksgiving. I know what to say to you. I know how to support you. Get directions in your life as a single person, and that will draw other people in because you have direction. Such an important thing. And the other thing is comparative thinking. If you're a single person, the last thing you want to do is compare yourself to others. If you're feeling down about being single, it can be tough to see your friends and your family moving forward, but it's important to avoid comparing yourself to others, whether you're family members, close friends, online acquaintances. The reality is that you can never know all the details in another person's life or relationship. How many times have we all been shocked by the idea of two people getting divorced that we thought were perfectly happy? You know, the reality is we don't know all these details. What looks like perfect and fulfilling in social media, especially on Facebook or, 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 or Instagram or somewhere else, it may look perfect, but all of a sudden we discover that behind the scenes is horrible abuse or horrible neglect or, or a lack of connection, a lack of love, a lack of support. And because someone else's relationship is perfect for them, that doesn't mean it's something that you necessarily want. Instead of engaging in comparisons that leave you feeling like you don't measure up, focus on finding happiness in your own life and accomplishments. But if you're going to live a happy life, the first thing you have to find is the idea that in myself, I'm always looking, I'm always joyful. That means I'm searching for happiness. I'm always looking for the, uh, the, the good things that happen. I'm always looking for the opportunities to laugh because I'm joyful. But if I'm not joyful, I'm going to have a hard time looking at anything positive. The one thing that keeps us resilient as a single person is being joyful. Joyful throughout ourself, inside and out. Inside and out, just because someone else's relationship is perfect, stop comparing yourself to that. Don't look at other people as your gauge if you're single. Look at yourself and what you need for you. It's also important to remember that your relationships with other people, your friends, your family, others, are also important to your well-being. And so as a single person, you want to cultivate those relationships. Maybe your uh, best friend has a great family. And you find great joy in pairing yourself up with that family and supporting that family and doing things with the kids. Maybe that is the role that you take in your life. Sometimes that could be very powerful. Being a big brother or a big sister, being the, the wonderful aunt or uncle, that can play huge roles in people's lives and in their development. Just because you don't have children doesn't mean you can't make other children's lives better. So while you're single, focus on strengthening those non-romantic social encounters. Make plans, virtual meetups, nurture relationships. Keep up on what's happening with your loved ones, whether you chat on the phone a few times a week, interact online. But above all, if you're going to be single, you need to be a good listener. A good listener. Nobody wants to see you preach. Nobody wants to listen to your life stories. Nobody wants you up one-upping them when they're trying to pour their heart out at you. What they want is good listeners. People that are single that are good listeners are highly attracted people to others, especially intelligent people. Building new social connections, making new friends can also be beneficial. Join online groups, volunteer 
for things that are important to you. Participate in local sports clubs. You know, start a book club. Join a church. Uh, have a small group. You know, cultivate social support. Even even lead to meeting someone you're interested in romantically. Because the more people you expose yourself to, the more that they go, oh, there's a good single person. Maybe this person would be a good match for you. You know, you may not know those people, but maybe someone else does, and they can match you up. While there's benefits to being in a relationship, research also suggests that being on your own can come with its own set of benefits. For example, spending more time to find the the right relationships mean you might be more likely to find a partner who is well suited for you. You know, you, you have more time to pursue goals such as getting an education, developing a rewarding career. You have more time to get to know your own preferences, your own needs, your own deal breakers, which can ultimately help you uh, choose a better long term partner. Meet new people. Stop being afraid of new people. You know, people on the East Coast and the West Coast tend to be very, oh, I grew up with this person, da 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 da, da. Well, you can have relationships with other people you did you just met six months ago or a week ago. Even if you're not ready to settle down, it can be helpful to spend time meeting new people. Online dating apps can be a great option, but friends can also be a resource of good connections. If you're single, go have coffee with people, and that's it. Don't have a date after. Don't go out to dinner. Don't go to the movies. Don't obligate yourself. Just go meet. Go meet. Talk. See how things go. And then keep it going if you like that person. Life isn't a race. You don't need to reach a certain life milestones at any certain time. You know, you have rich, satisfying, happy life with or without being attached to someone else. It's okay if you don't feel ready to settle down with one person. You have to make peace with that. Don't live apologetically. Don't live in other people's eyes. Don't don't live your life with expectations of other people. Don't live your life trying to prove yourself to others. Be yourself. That's what's attractive. That is the most important thing. You know, solitude gets a really bad rap. But even the virtues of a social connectivity is great. But some people are introverts and they need solitude. That gives them their energy back. And be respectful of that. If you're with somebody who's an introvert, they need time alone in order to build up the energy to actually interact with you, to interact with other people. People steal their energy. And so the bottom line is people that are introverts, be respectful of what I need as a person. I need energy. I need time alone to rebuild. And then I can go out there and do my thing. You know, there's a, a whole lot of things that we have to consider about solitude. It's voluntary. You may maintain positive relationships. You can re- return to a social status. You can feel good about spending time alone when you are at peace with being single. And there's a lot of things to do by yourself. Go to movies. Go to, go to concerts. Go for a hike. You know, do some research. Do some travel. Learn something new. Visit a museum. Volunteer. There's all kinds of things we can do as single people. We can also be creative and uh, we can also enjoy the benefits of having to make our own choices and learning who we are. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. We now have a Facebook page and you can contribute to our show via the link section of our Voice America webpage. So remember, when you're single, you are independently owned and operated. Also, being asked why you are single is like asking why you're still married. Hmm. If most superheroes are single, what does that make a single person? Or if you are single, you get to sleep around all over your bed. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.